0: Are you ready for the Olympic Games in Tokyo? Have you got the etiquette down to a T? This week, we're going to be speaking with Kenji Okamoto about how to survive in a facilitation mindset.
1: Welcome to the Circuit Magazine the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game.
0: Are you going to the Olympics this July in Japan? Big question for you and your principal, who normally would be travelling the globe, but perhaps in the current climate, may be a little bit apprehensive. Um, Operating in Japan... What an interesting culture! This week we're going to be speaking with Kenji Okamoto, who is actually a very long-standing friend of the industry in Japan, MD of Vector Risk Management, formerly Spectrum Asia. And we're going to look at cultural nuances and the reality of what EP means in a Japanese context. A little bit different this week. I'm here with John Moss. What what should we try and get out of today's episode?
2: Well, we need to look at this and uh, understand. How are we going to approach large-scale events going forward? I mean, in the past, attending any event with a prominent individual or high net worth has always brought its fair share of issues, and it's certainly always something that'll keep you on your toes. But now we've got so many more unknowns. And as this podcast goes out, we're still a couple of weeks away from the Olympics, and I still get the sense that the picture is being painted in front of us as we move closer to the event. But look, we've got uh, Wimbledon just kicking off this week here in the UK, and we've got the delayed Euro 2020 uh, happening at the moment. So perhaps there's a little we can take away from what's happening over there.
0: And I I think you're right, because... There are two main topics, really, aren't there? Um, Major events going forward, and this one, we happen to be in Japan. So let's look at the Japanese context, because that makes for an immensely tricky environment to predict. Now, everyone says Japan is nice and safe, but do we really understand the threats that are posed to the Olympics? Um, And everyone says that, you know, everything is very smooth and things run like clockwork. But how can an international ultra high net worth individual or principal or or corporate executive achieve exactly the same service and expectations that they might have internationally? What is it about Japanese culture that will be different? So for me, two things I think I want to take away, um, because you're right, we don't know how these international events are going to go. Now, Kenji, he's been in the business a long time, since 2004. And he's taken many international delegations around Japan. So we'll, we'll get a flavor of that. But quite honestly, I don't know many security professionals in Japan. So I think even for that reason alone, this is going to be an interesting one.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, you mentioned that we are anticipating this to be safe, you know, largely to do with the Japanese culture and the, the grip that the authorities have over there, the the power they wield, and the influence they have in keeping things in order. And, you know, we've seen this a few times now, particularly with the Olympic Games, when it's being held in what would be considered far more precarious, maybe even hostile regions, and there's a lot of fear of the unknown and the dangers and so on in the lead up to it. But actually, in reality, it's a big opportunity for those governments and countries to put themselves on the world stage and show how well they can manage something. The last thing any government wants is a huge security incident going down on their watch. But as an operator, going to an environment where the authorities have complete control, is that a good thing? Yeah, it's good to feel safe. But you still need to be effective. You still need to be able to do your job. So you're operating under totally different conditions here. And you need to prove your value in different areas. And I really think for any international protectors who are attending the Olympic Games, it's going to be more in the area of facilitation where they're Mm. going to
0: come to the fore. What do you think? Well, absolutely. Facilitation is going to have to be key. Even if it's not language, it'll have to be the person understanding the local context. Why is something provided or not provided in the way you expect? You need to be able to facilitate it because as I understand it, that authorities do not recognize you as a security entity. So you're just another person. And if that's true, then how do you operate? Um, you know, you can't uh, have any uh, weapon at all. And actually you might not get very much cooperation or help from the police because they're busy doing something else and you are not their priority because maybe they feel that everything is absolutely safe. So how does that work? And and what value can you add? Maybe, maybe medics will be in great demand, but then can medics operate in Japan legally? I don't know. Um, and then if you told someone in Japan that you're a bodyguard, I mean, maybe Kenji will allude to this, but I imagine they'll think you're someone out of a manga comic book rather than a professional, because they'd say, but why? Why would anyone except for an underworld uh, boss have a bodyguard? So lots of cultural problems. And as you say, this is going to be a big time for facilitation, I believe.
2: Yeah, you know, and I think that's where... Uh the value of today's guest comes in. When we're going into somebody else's country, we need to make friends. We need to have local allies, friendly forces. We need to have good working relationships and we need knowledge on the ground. Even the best advance in the world is going to struggle in a different country, different culture, under the conditions that anyone who's there for the Olympic Games is going to be operating in. You can't possibly take all of that on, on your own, as a guest in the country without that local help on the ground. And so it's going to be fascinating to hear today from Kenji, who can give us the background on both what it's like to operate in the country and what people like him and his company can do for internationals coming across to japan
0: absolutely well let's get into it he's a long time on the scene in japan Uh, let's meet kenji okamoto and let's discover what his take is for operating in japan and then takeaways for large scale events very much looking forward to this one
1: And now, let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit magazine.
0: Good morning. We're talking with Kenji Okamoto, Managing Director of Vector Risk Management out of Japan. Uh, we're, we're talking executive security, risk management. And yes, the Olympics and that climate, we're, we're very interested because, well, we don't meet uh, on our side of the pond too many practitioners uh, from Japan. So of course, we're very, very pleased uh, to have you on. Um, we're gonna get into a more detailed uh, interview, but let's do what we characteristically use as uh, quick fire questions. Um, where does your passion, uh, Kenji, come from for this field?
1: Well, thank you for, uh, very much for having me here. Um, you know, ba- basically in Japan, because of the risk levels, uh, we started doing mainly due diligence uh, and corporate investigations, uh, and we were the uh, the agent for the uh, the IBA uh, chapter in Japan. Uh, basically, that's how we started, and uh, you know, we have uh, tried to develop the uh, the EP a uh, close protection aspect uh, in Japan uh, since you know the, uh, the middle of the two uh, thousands.
0: And, and were you in law enforcement before or, or government or, or something like that?
1: No, I'm a special case, uh, as uh, I'm always told. Uh, so it's, it's been mainly private security since the beginning. Uh, I was actually doing a lot of sourcing work uh, back in the day, uh, looking, you know, business intelligence uh, and that sort of uh, work. Uh, and uh, I think we just uh, developed the, the security aspect uh, in, in Japan. It's quite you know because of the risk levels here. If you say you're in security, most people would say why. Japan is so <laughs> right. Uh, that that is the reality uh, of of the world uh, we live in. In Japan, uh, it's quite different from
0: overseas. And so and so maybe that's a good segue into the second quickfire question, which is you know what would you most like those not initiated in Japan and you know Japanese culture maybe to to better understand. Oh. Uh,
1: Well, you know, I really like folks to give security professionals here a bit more respect because it's a totally different sort of image. If you say you're from law enforcement or even the uh, self-defense force, we don't have military in Japan. We can't use the word here. You know, folks overseas, if you say you're a former law enforcement or former uh, military, you know, you do get a bit of kudos, I think, for your patriotism and everything else. In Japan, it's kind of different. If I were to put the Japanese flag outside my house, uh, they, they would call the cops because they would think I'm a right winger, right? it is it is very different. I can't wear a flat, you know, a shirt with the Japanese flag. They would think I'm nuts. Uh, that is the reality in Japan. Everything is very subtle. It, it's a it's a very different landscape uh, when you talk about uh, you know security in Japan and overseas. I, mean, I learned
3: a lot just from that. So so, Kenji, I, you know, just from what you're talking about here, because I think that you know the piece for our listeners is is culturally the landscape is so different and all we get are are bits and pieces and usually it's it's mass media um but even from a close protection standpoint you know a, a lot of westerners aren't traveling over there and i've been in the business for quite a while now i've only made one work trip to japan and it was so quick that I didn't even get a feel for everything that was happening. Uh, one, I'm glad to have an, another resource over there, so so hopefully we can link up after this call. But uh, but but with that, can you kind of take us through what the landscape looks like for a practitioner that's a local?
1: Um, well, it is uh, quite a special space. Uh, when you say you do you know, executive protection, close protection in Japan, uh, folks would be like, "What is that?" <laughs> Uh, and if you say bodyguard, it'd be like, what, why in Japan, it's no so safe here. Uh, but that's just the reality in Japan. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we try and uh, educate folks as well. Uh, there is the physical uh, security aspects that we have to take control of, but also in the, their insurance uh, purposes, Our clients have ever-changing demands. Mm-hmm. Uh, we you know, have concierge, uh, sometimes have security driver as well. Uh, and just like a tour guide, uh, especially for the landscape here. It, it's it's a mixture, it's a hybrid of all these different uh, skill sets that you need uh, to succeed. Because if you're just totally, fully security and you look too much like security, um, mm-hmm. there are some clients that just don't like that because you don't blend in. Sure. And uh, you just attract much attention and uh, sometimes folks don't like that attention. Sure, got it.
3: And so if we, if we take that mindset, um, and we're heading into the Olympics. And, and granted, the Olympics games, uh, which aren't that far away. And again, we're in a, a little bit of a different climate right now, kind of dealing with the pandemic and all the restrictions that are caused by that. But do you see an increased demand for your services during this Olympic season? Or uh, is because the, the unique issues in Japan anyway
1: won't allow for that? Uh, I hope so. For, for the... Uh... For business, of mm-hmm. course, not sure. going to um, But you know, uh, the reality is, uh, we, you know, we are trying to strike a balance because for the Olympics, uh, you might have read, eighty percent of the populace uh, do not want the Olympics to to proceed because of the uh, the current pandemic. Uh, they think it's too risky, and you know, a lot of our clients as well have been, uh, you know, a bit hesitant uh, to be in the public space uh, just because of the optics. Uh, if a vip comes in uh, corporate executive folks will question hey why are you guys here and not and, uh, doing your social distancing uh, from back home mm. uh so um, that that is an important factor it is uh something that uh you know balance is very important in japan okay that
3: that's interesting because you know here here in the u.s you might have seen we're the opposite. We want everything to be opened and we, and we want to get out there. And and of course it depends on which circles that you're in, but uh, but everyone's clamoring for a reopening. And so, you know, we just started with a lot of this, the sports teams and uh, you know, the basketball and, and football and, and, and those stadiums are, are, are packed. Uh, now, of course we don't know what the long-term ramifications of that are. So when we think about sports games, uh, particularly big international events, we think, oh, it's going to be a boon for protectors. We're all going to get those phone calls. We're all going to be out there in some capacity. But but you're showing us the, the other side to that.
1: That's right. You know, the, the soft skills are really important. And it's no big secret that even vehicle passes, uh, no one knows what's happening with vehicle passes for VIPs. Right. I, I'm getting calls every day asking, hey, what, what do we do with uh, safe transport? Um, where do we get safe pa- um, you know the, uh, the passes for vehicles, for VIPs? And the answer is to be
0: determined until
1: the last minute, I would agree. (laughs) Absolutely. As
3: usual. Yeah, 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 right. The flexibility part.
0: So, so, so Kenji, you know, with, with Japan being rather safe and with it being difficult to be visibly identifiable as maybe security, well, what are the threats apart from Corona, you know, at, at the Olympics, surely the threats are more on the soft skill side. More on the reputational risk, as you, as you mentioned. Could, could you paint a landscape of what, what you're actually going to have to address?
1: Threats would be uh, just the uh, amount of information that's being shared with the, uh, with, the pub- with the private sector, which is the space we operate in. Mm. Uh, we aren't able to flash, uh, flash any badge. We don't get, you know, a special treatment. If you say EP or, or anything like that, you know, people look at you weird. So it, it's getting information of course. And um, besides the pandemic, I would say, you know, understanding what the, uh, the government plans as well for, you know, some of the VIPs uh, mm-hmm. here, uh, everything's changing, you know, on a daily basis, travel restrictions, for example. I mean, we had a lot of uh, conversation with the uh, law enforcement for another uh, major event that we had a few years ago, and they said that, uh, oh, the terror, the threat of terror in Japan is very low. And one of the main reasons is uh, it's very hard to procure the ingredients for, say, a bomb in okay. Japan, which I thought was kind of funny. But of course, I said yes, yes, sir. <laughs> and you're right. right. Um, but but you know that that's just the reality, right? Uh, another threat I would say would be, uh, as we all know, the earthquakes. Uh, major earthquakes that would be a big problem, right? Uh, on top of you know just the restrictions with the vehicle and travel, and everything else. Uh, so. Hopefully, you know you won't have additional drama. Right, and, and and I would think too, just by the
3: nature of the games themselves. And again, I know you you we mentioned that you're operating at reduced capacity, but just logistical challenges. You, you know, you just referenced the fact that uh, for the vehicle movements, you don't know what you know where those access points begin or, or end, and and they're probably obviously changing. And so, you know, I can remember. Um, I was at the, I guess the last Olympics I, w- I was at was in the UK. Was that 2012? 12. 2012. So 2012 against the Olympics there. And so just navigating that space with all of the roadblocks <laughs> and road openings and this checkpoint and that checkpoint, you know, it, it, to, you know, to, take the security aspect out of it for a second and just talk about when dealing with our VIPs, just their, their, their comfort and their time management, there could be a case made for, for the need for us.
1: Definitely. I had a very similar experience as well, uh, you know, logistical uh, nightmare. We had a very uh, high-level government official with us. And uh, this was for a uh, high-level meeting as well. And uh, yeah, we just could not go through because we were not part of a higher-level list. We were in the high-level list. the <laughs> And we weren't told off, and uh, this was a very high-ranking uh, minister. Uh, but of course, in Japan, you know, that doesn't really count because the minister of from a foreign country. And it was quite exciting to say the least, you know, we were actually stopped at roadblocks, right? And we had to say, hey, check out Wikipedia. This is the guy on Wikipedia. <laughs> and they was oh yeah, but you know, can you please wait here, let me check. Mm. Uh, so that was the sort of a treatment that we uh, have experienced. And again, you know, we take it in stride. It's, it's not local law enforcement's fault, you know, it's their job to, you know, uh, to, to stop it, right? Sure. Uh, but there, there is a, a gap. There is no, uh, you know, unlike the states, for example, community policing, that's kind of unheard of. We okay. do get community policing here in Japan, but it's, you know, maybe a law enforcement visiting, I don't know, I mean, doing some kind of, you know, public service, like really small, you know, minor stuff. Mm-hmm. But overseas, you know, if, if you have the right connections, you know, you get on a police boat, for example. You get a tour. You sit in a squad car, you know. And you do your YouTube in a squad car, and you know, with with uh, with the boys, you can't do that in Japan. You can't even touch the cars. So, okay, all right. Uh, it, it's a very really different sort of atmosphere here. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah. So Kenji, let's let's think then beyond the Olympics, because of course, uh, you know, sadly, a lot of principals will not travel to the Olympics, right? But of course, the memory of Japan being a great place to visit, and it's always been there, right? So maybe a useful question would be: How can an international operator work out who is legitimate and who is not in Japan? Because you know, there's a language uh, barrier. Maybe there's there's a cultural barrier. Um, is is there an association? I how 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 can we make sense of it?
1: Um. I believe you have my telephone number and my website. So uh, that's, that's your answer. <laughs> good, good first start. Huh? <laughs> I'd say that uh, most domestic security firms uh, are unable to provide uh, this level of service, uh, this level of uh, niche, you know, boutique, uh, very high level of service that uh, a lot of our clients expect uh, mm. just because they don't have the experience. Uh, and of course, the language. Uh, it, it's like me trying to find um, You know, and, and, and post protection agent uh, in the States or in the UK who speaks really good Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, there mm-hmm. might be a few, but not too many. So um, I think our foreign uh, guests as well would find uh, that to be a challenge. Also, you know, just, you know, getting things done. You might have heard the saying that, uh, you know, Japanese, uh, maybe like, like, like the Thais, it's a land of a thousand smiles. Everyone's smiling, but there's always two sides. Uh, they don't, you know, they're not uh, in your face, so to speak. So you never know what's going on. For example, even getting cooperation from a uh, five-star hotel to hold the elevators. They'll be, no, we can't. What about the other guests? Uh, excuse me, there's only one guest and he has the whole floor. <laughs> so it, it is that sort of negotiation uh, that we have to go through. So that's very important expectations. Um there are just so many things that you know. Operators from overseas, when they are when they're in Japan, you know, kind of take for granted back home, and they expect the same level of service here. We obviously try. There are a few you know good companies um, out there,
0: mm.
1: um, but I think all of us say, you know, face the same dilemma. Some of the expectations are quite difficult uh, to be uh, to be met here. Oh, I, I, I get that for sure.
3: Um, you know, particularly coming from the West. We sometimes have the mindset that the expectation is that everywhere is like here, uh, and a lot of the cultural nuances get lost on us, um, and and it'll get us in trouble. And so I'm a big believer in making sure that we liaison uh, with local operators. And so so to that point, you know, being able to figure out where to find those local operators. And now we've got one. We can we can uh, we can value up and uh,
1: at, at least begin that vetting process, right? <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you know, it it is very different. Like, you know, police escorts, for example, that's, that's unheard of, unheard of. Uh, We once had a very high level, like government official as well, actually the same one that I mentioned just now. And uh, it was tough to get a police escort. They were saying, no, he's not high enough. He wasn't the president. (laughs) Uh, But that is the dilemma we face in Japan. Uh, Obviously, we're not armed. Uh, All we can do is halt. Mm -hmm. You know, if they do halt, then we're lucky. Uh, We try (laughs) to, We try and avoid the situation, the escalation that's number one. Uh, if you see how law enforcement operates uh, operate in Japan, it's very different, for example, from how uh, law enforcement operates overseas, mm-hmm. especially in the States. In, in Japan, it, it's, it's really, they apologize. They say, hey, very sorry. You know, I, I don't want to do this, but I have to. Yeah, that's you know, that's it, very know, different than the U.S. So. <laughs> very different. Very different. And, you know, they would negotiate with you. We had a, we had um what's That hostage uh, situation actually a couple of uh, days ago, which ended yesterday, I, I believe. And uh, this guy was tucked into uh, this uh, like video cafe kind of thing twenty four seven one. one and uh, he had a hostage. And basically, the, the modus operandi here is to wear the guy out, wear the person out. It, it was that was just the way they, they operate, right? They would wear you out, they give you the food, they'll say, you know, I'll try and help you. And basically, they kept negotiations on for what 18 20 hours. And uh, they, they broke the door in after, you know, they, they somehow found out that the guy was on the floor resting, right? Uh, they would do that. But this was, you know, almost a full day, right? Uh, it, it's a very different uh, sort of mindset here.
0: So, so with that mindset, right, would you say that the number one skill that one needs in Japan is in fact not being a protector, but being a fixer, being somebody to negotiate? Somebody to uh, persuade is is that the number one skill?
1: Um, I think as close protection professionals having the uh, skills to protect your your principle that's that's uh, given uh, that's number one. So we need that for sure. But uh, to uh, to display it in Japan, uh, you would have to tune it a bit uh, to uh, not stick out, uh, so to speak. There's even a, a saying here in Japan. You know, the the nail that sticks out gets hammered down. <laughs> so, uh, you, know, you have to, uh, you know, people in the industry probably know that, oh, this, you know, entourage has uh, security, but uh, regular mm. folks, you know, you try and blend in as much as possible. Uh, and then, of course, you know, uh, fixer, uh, fixing skills. Mm. Uh, that's very important as well. Uh, you can't push your way in. Uh, the Jap- you know, a lot of Japanese folks, even the hotel, they don't, they don't care who your VIP is, mm. right? I mean, a VIP is a VIP unless it's, you know. Uh, VIP but even then, it's it, it's um, it's very hard for them to uh, provide some of the services expected overseas, mm. uh, where you could you know a guy and say, hey, can you do this for me in Japan? I mean, it, it's not impossible, but it takes a bit of uh, you know uh, people skills and a uh, bit of fixing uh, to do as well. Got it.
3: All right. Well, again, in in in, in a short amount of time, I, I learned a lot. So th- th-
1: thank you for that, Kenji. <laughs> We're waiting for you. We got to see.
0: So what's next for you, Kenji? Are you, are you planning more overseas trips or, or are you staying uh, local for the Olympics?
1: Um, I'll be staying local. Um, you know, the, the vaccine rollout in Japan has been uh, pretty slow. Uh, we have what five, 6% uh, vaccinated and uh, it might take us at the end of the year. So I think overseas travel might be uh, tough for most security folks. You know, obviously with, uh, with the uh, you know, two week uh, quarantine in Japan, a lot of our clients are unable to uh, to come down as well,
0: mm-hmm. unless
1: they want to do the quarantine. Um, it's uh, You'd be surprised though. I mean, the trains are still packed. Uh, the math culture has been here since forever. So, sure. so it's no surprise that, uh, you know, the numbers are kind of different uh, in Japan, ev- even though we do have uh, you know problems here. Uh, but yeah, hopefully when the plague uh, gets uh, resolved somehow, uh, we'll see more folks, you know, visiting Japan again and, you know, obviously uh, outbound, of uh, that emissions as well. Got it. Wonderful.
0: Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do, we'll, we'll try to hold an event uh, there. It'd be, it'd be lovely. It's been, it's been a fair few years since I was there. So um, we, we, we hope to do it well. Uh, Kenji Okamoto, thank you for being a great guest on the circuit magazine podcast. Um, I know it, it is going to be a very interesting month with the Olympics. Um, but I hope that we can forge relationships beyond the Olympics as we go forward. Uh, From Elijah and myself, thank you very much, Kenji.
1: Thank you very much,
0: guys. Have a good one. Take care. Kenji Okamoto, it was a privilege to speak with him. Obviously, I can't be in Japan for the Olympic Games, but I got a flavor of what it might be like. I think, I think that's the exciting part. You know, um, I, I, I want to be there. I want to see it, but you know, who's saying you're not going to go on a detail yourself because a lot of people are making last minute decisions and your principle could suddenly get you to go to Japan. What, what did you take away from today's session, John? Yeah. Well, first
2: of all, it's funny you should say that because I was just sitting here thinking, Hey, I'm not going to Japan this year. And, uh, I'm quite, I'm quite relieved, actually. But then I thought to myself, well, who's to say I'm not? Who knows what's going to happen, right? And that that is the nature of this industry. And uh, that's what we love about it, isn't it? But it's definitely useful to have good contacts and good information from people like Kenji on the ground. And, and I, what I take away is that there's going to be some big challenges there, but they're not necessarily going to be in the usual areas that we would anticipate for executive protection. But really, I I think that really rings true to the role of a modern protector. And that is somebody who has a far greater skill set than just protection, but obviously understands the importance of protection as, as their core skill. And, and it's really, it's, it's about this level of facilitation. You know, there's more high net worths in the world than ever before. And that's great for us in our industry that provides a lot of work. However, that also means that we're scrutinized a lot more. The expectations are higher and you have to be able to deliver. So it's not just about relying on those core skills anymore.
0: It, 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 you're right it's it's the whole tool set and as we said with our interview with uh, monica last week you know the right tool for the job and you'd be surprised at what tool sets are necessary um i mean an extra language i mean imagine if japanese was your extra language suddenly yes absolutely this will be valuable um but i think facilitation as a skill set you know what maybe we have to do an entire session on that that sounds like a skill set we need to we need to focus on for the protector of tomorrow?
2: Yeah, well, you know, the the protection team now is much more à la carte. I think um, having a core team, you know, for familiarity, loyalty and so on is, is always going to be a necessity. But the ability to be able to add to the team, as you put it, the tools that you require for any particular job and to be able to add that on as and when you need is is a real plus and in the connected world we live in there's no reason why we can't do that anymore
0: i love it and talking about japan uh, one thing i i didn't even mention to our host um i have rudimentary japanese right uh, i went to a wedding in japan suddenly guess who got wheeled out every time there was some big question or conflict uh yes me uh and and and, and just some rudimentary japanese it made all the difference yes i was not working but I did solve a few issues over wedding etiquette or I don't know, something to do with the food the, the, just that little glimmer and suddenly you're wheeled out and it is a useful tool, but talking about tools and learning and development, you know, we've got a lot of interesting articles coming up in the, in, in the forthcoming magazine, but we've also got uh, Elijah's course in July. Um, what, what else do you think she, pe- people should sort of look out for these, uh, these coming months? Cause considering we're entering the summer period now.
2: Well yeah that's right this is the busy time of the year. Okay so we've just got the magazine out we've had some good events and now we've got a little bit of a lull as the summer season kicks in and I think everyone's going to appreciate that because you know we're all focused on our clients at the moment it's it's all about them it's all about the principal it's a fast moving time of the year so uh yeah let's see what let's see what's on the horizon
0: looking forward to it absolutely and uh, yeah keep keep those comments coming on the protector app and the bba connect app uh please keep asking those questions we are here to help um really enjoying that community feel so um from john and myself thank you very much to kenji okamoto uh, for being such a great guest today and we're yeah we're very much looking forward to another fantastic edition of the circuit magazine podcast
1: You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.